You are listening to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. In this study, we will break down the Bible from B.C. to A.D. chronologically while offering historical context and real-life application for today. This series is brought to you by the Breakthrough Media Network. Hi, my name is uh, Pastor Dave Engman, and this is my co-host, Scott Brecky. Hi, everybody. And we want to welcome you to the Bible Breakthrough, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Ultimately, our goal is to lead you into a deeper, more intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so the show notes will be linked in this description of this production. And in the last episode, we read Genesis 13, 1 through 18, Abraham and, and Lot separate. And the scripture we're going to cover today is Genesis 14, 1 through 24. Abraham rescues Lot and Melchizedek blesses Abram. The questions you should be considering as you listen are, what does this mean? And how can I apply what I'm learning to my life? Before we open the Bible, let's... Uh, let's pray. Yeah. Lord, I just um, I just lift up this time to you, Lord. I pray that your word teaches us that we should um, be teachers of the word. And Lord, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to read your word, talk about it, Lord, and we want to apply it and teach it. So Lord, I just pray over our audience right now that you would just open their minds to understand, open their ears, and open their hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. All right. So let's open up the Bible. <clears throat> Excuse me. And let's read Genesis 14, 1 through 24. All right. Yeah. And I'm going to do my best because there's lots of kings and lots of strange names. So uh, Abraham rescues Lot, chapter 14. About this time, war broke out in the region. King Araphaphel of uh, Babylonia, King Arioch of Elasar, King Kedorlamer of Elam, and King Tadal of Gaiom fought against King Barah of Sodom, King Bersha of Gomorrah, King Shinabir of Adama, King Shemirber of Zeabom, and the King of Bala, also called Zor. The second group of kings joined forces in Sidon Valley, that is, the Valley of the Dead Sea. For 12 years, they had been subject to King Kedorlamer, but in the 13th year, they rebelled against him. One year, King Kedorlamer and his allies arrived and defeated the Raphaelites at Ashtermethal Kernium, the Zuzites, at Ham and Emites at Shavir Kirathilam, and the Horites at Mount Seir as far as Il Paran at the edge of the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to En Mishpat, which is called Kadesh, and conquered all the territories of the Amalekites, <clears throat> and also the Amorites living in Hazaran Tamar. Then the rebel kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, Admir, Zeboim, and Bela, also called Zara, prepared for battle in the valley of the Dead Sea. They fought against King Kedorlamer of Elam, King um, Tadal of Gaiom, King Raphael of Babylonia, and King Arioch of 
LSR. Four kings against five. Why couldn't I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> Four kings against five. As it happened, the valley of the Dead Sea was filled with tar pits. And as the army of the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into the tar pits, while the rest escaped into the mountains. The victorious invaders then flooded, plundered Sodom and Gomorrah and headed for home, taking with them all the spoils of war and the food supplies. They also captured Lot, Abram's nephew, who lived in Sodom and carried off everything he owned. But one of Lot's men escaped and reported everything to Abram, the, the Hebrew. He was living near the oak grove belonging to Mamir, the Amorite. Mamir and his relatives Eshkol and Anir were Abram's allies. When Abram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized the one, 318 trained men who had been born into his household. Then he pursued Kedorlamer's army until he caught up with them at Dan. There he divided his men and attacked during the night. Kedorlamer's army fled, but Abram chased him as far as Habor, north of Damascus. Abram recovered all the goods that had been taken, and he brought back his nephew Lot with his possessions and all the women and other captives. Verse 17, Matilzadek blesses Abram. After Abram returned from his victory over Kedalamer and all his allies, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shavar. And Matilzadek, the king of Salem, and a priest of God most high brought Abram, Abram and, blessed, and bread and wine. Matildedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has defeated your en enemies for you. Then Abram gave Matildedek a tenth of all the goods he recovered. The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give back my people who were captured, but you may keep for yourself all the goods you have recovered. Abram replied to the king of Sodom, I solemnly swear to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, that I will not take so much as a single thread or sandal thong from what belongs to you. Otherwise, you might say, I am the one who made Abram rich. I will accept only what my young warriors have already eaten, and I request that you give a fair share of the goods to my allies, Anner, Eshkol and Mamir. Hmm. All right. So do you just want to give like a, you know, an overall what happened, you know, summary of, of what we just read? Well, there was a war that broke out. Yep. There were five kings against four kings. Yep. And... Um, the invaders won the victory, mm -hmm. and essentially with that, they took the plunder from war, mm -hmm. including Lot and all of his possessions. Right. Abram heard about it, chased him down, chased him down, and defeated them. Right getting all of those possessions back, including his nephew Lot. 
And Melchizedek um, agreed to meet with and bless Abram. So, I mean, that's a brief as summary as you can get, but that's yeah. what we got. Yep. And so let's, uh, let's talk about this. Um, why was this significant? What was it about the scripture we just read that represents something significant? What is God trying to show us here? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll start because <clears throat> um, I love that when Abram hears that one of his relatives has been cap held captive, has been taken, I love that he doesn't wait. He just immediately mobilizes his men and goes back and gets them. Saying, okay, hey, I, I heard one of my relatives is, is being held captive. I heard what happened. Now I'm going to go get them back. And I think what speaks to me in that is, don't we see that with how the enemy, right? The devil has held people captive today. And what he wants to do is he wants to use, God wants to use his people to go get them back. And what I love about the scripture, he doesn't wait for it. Mm -hmm. He just hears it, and then he goes and does it. He goes, I'm getting my best men, 318 of my trained men who are born into my household, and we're going to go get them back right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> what does he do? He does. He does it. Mm -hmm. So I love that. But um, he doesn't just take anybody. right? He takes his, his trained men, his ones that who know that he can trust, who are who are who are trained in battle, who have grown up in it, who understand what they're about to go do. You know, they take it seriously. So um, I think it just speaks to me as, you know, God's got this this army of people even today that he's, he's chosen as to go get back those who have been captive by the enemy. So that's how that part speaks to me. And I love, I love that because I feel like it's, it's, um, it's like we're part of that. You know, we're part of God's army going, getting back the lost, which was taken by the enemy. So that's that's what speaks to me. That's what jumps out to me. Well, you know, <clears throat> Lot, um, Lot became obsessed with the things of the world. Mm -hmm. He chased after them and he acquired them. And so what we see here is he became the subject of other people's desire. In other words, when war broke out, the victors are like, hey, take note of this guy. He has a lot of stuff, and yeah. of course, we want it. Yep. So Lot put himself in a position to a certain extent, chasing after the things of the world, mm -hmm. he put himself in a place where others would um, desire to get what he had. Right. So what, what I also found generally interesting about this, and I didn't realize this, um, but back in this particular time frame, cities um, that were in the region actually had kings. And so when you hear about five kings going to battle against yep. four kings, it's really... A whole city. Yeah, it's five cities, essentially, and going against four cities. Mm -hmm. And so 
we can learn um, that in this instance, we can learn that that um, Abram had portrayed two important characteristics. Number one, Abram was, excuse me, um, excuse me again. <laughs> you good? He'll get it. He'll get it back. Abram displayed in one of his characteristics the courage yeah. mm-hmm. that it would take to go and do what he was about to go do. And, and two, we can see that he had taken the time to prepare those 318 men. Yep. In other words, they were already trained, they were already ready, yep. and they were already under his command. Mm-hmm. And so courage was required on mm-hmm. Abram's part because, you know, he could have went in, didn't really probably realize at the time exactly what he was up against. Yep. Would 318 men be enough? Yeah. Or would it not be enough? And if it wasn't, it could it could basically doom his empire at mm-hmm. that time, which wasn't obviously very big yet, yep. right? Um, so he had to have um, courage to face this powerful foe, not knowing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he was the kind of leader that prepared his men well, he went into that battle with confidence. He went into it with confidence and was victorious, and as a result, was able able to rescue his nephew. Right. What else do you got? What What do you think it it means? I mean, this is the first time this has been mentioned, but in verse thirteen, it it just signifies as Abram being the Hebrew. What is What does that mean? I mean, he just. I mean, why is it sta- why they why until now just n- notices them as the Hebrew? Why does it mention that? Why does it just say Hebrew? Well, you know, the Hebrew race started with Abram. Okay. It was Abram and his family. Yeah. That that is <clears throat> that we that that we can trace back to the beginning of the the, the Hebrew race. Mm. So he's the start of the Hebrew of the Hebrew race, huh? Right. What do you know about Melchizedek? Well, that he was a priest of the Most High God, and and he obviously um, he blessed. I, I love his blessing because he doesn't only just say blesses Abram, right? But it's more like. All right, I'm gonna bless you, but also bless be God, who's who he recognizes in verse twenty. Bless be God, Most High, who's defeated your enemies for you. So yes, Abram went out with his men, but also it was God letting that take place. So um, yeah, he was a priest of priest of God, and and. Interesting enough, he brings some some bread and some wine and blesses them uh, with that. Um, yeah, other than that, what do you what do you got? <laughs> what do you got in him? Well, you know, he he was listed as the first priest slash king of in the scripture. Okay. Apparently, he was good at encouraging others to serve God wholeheartedly. Mm. And. His character reflected his love for God. Um, one of the key lessons that we can learn from 
Melchizedek's life is that uh, live for God and you're likely to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And uh, it really shows us uh, how important it is to examine our heart. Uh, to whom or what is your greatest loyalty? To whom or what is your greatest loyalty? Mm-hmm. By examining your heart, you can see the reflection, if you will, in the mirror. Yep. And if you can honestly answer God, well, you are living for God. One of the things about um, Melchizedek is is that he's pretty mysterious. We don't know much about him. Mm-mm. And this is one of the areas where we read about him, and then basically we don't read much else about him. Right. But it was a, at this time, it was considered to be a victory for Abram to be able to have the meeting he had with Melchizedek, and the yeah. fact that Melchizedek blessed him um, was um, the reward for that meeting. Yeah. It was a, a victory, if you yeah. will. And, and then I think, too, I think people in that era during that time knew Melchizedek being the priest, the first priest and king. Um, that carried significant, um, yeah. that was significant to the people. And yeah. so when Melchizedek blesses Abram, after Abram went and rescued his son and was victorious, it almost set the stage. Yeah, kind of, the people took note of that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because before that, I mean, this is this is the first time it's mentioned that a king, he was a king and a priest. Because mm-hmm. generally those are separated, right? You'd have the king and then you'd have the priest of God. Right. So, yeah, that's significant to me. What about uh, what about in the end of verse 20, it says that Abram gave Machilzadek a tenth of all his goods. Is this, is this where we get the whole, the, you know, give a tenth of your, your tithing? And this is the first time it's mentioned, but is this where people go? Like, hey, we, we need to give back a tent? Well, it's one of the places you can go to. Yeah. As an example. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think we should give a tenth of all that, you know, of our income back to the Lord according to this scripture, or we just give out of the abundance of what God leads us to do? Well, I, I certainly believe in generosity. Yeah. And, you know, we, we can see throughout Old Testament Scripture the importance that God placed on the idea that we would give the first fruits back to Amen. the Lord. I mean, yeah. we haven't gotten to the place in Scripture yet where the 12 tribes are created mm-hmm. through Jacob, but <clears throat> it is laying out um, the idea that that's coming when you read this. Yeah. I mean... Oh, why would he give 10%? Well, it was a reflection of his heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And God God with Abram was always attracted to the, the sincerity of Abram's heart mm-hmm. and the fact that God didn't necessarily tell him to do it, but he did it would reveal yeah. uh, his desire to please God. In this case, he was pleasing a man, but he was blessing that man. Yeah. And he was grateful for the blessing he received from that man. Mm-hmm. And so that came out of his heart. Yeah. So as it pertains to, to you know, giving, look, we have to recognize, as Abram probably would uh, hear, you know, we don't own anything. It's all God's. If we believe that, that's the important part. Yeah. Do you believe that 
God created everything for His purpose and that we're a part of His creation and therefore we own nothing. God owns everything and God is um, giving us an opportunity through our, uh, the, the, through I'll just call it through the spirit of generosity, giving a, us the opportunity to reveal uh, the sincerity of our heart. Yeah. I think that's a big deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think you should be willing to give God, as we learn throughout the rest of this Bible, you know, yeah. that God will use uh, people to be an instrument here on the earth to accomplish his purpose. And right. you can do that through through the generosity of giving your resources, giving your, your money mm -hmm. uh, to where God's directing you to do that where it's going to be of the most value to the kingdom. Right. So. so, I don't know, the last part for me would just be talking about um, the deal with this king. The king of Sodom, in verse 21, says, The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give back my people. So he wants the people back that were captured. But he, want, but he tells Abram, you can keep for yourself all the goods that you've required. But Abram's like, no, 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 I'm not going to do any of that because I just don't want, I don't want, I want God to give all. Is that what we're leaning towards here? That we want the Lord to get all the, the credit. We don't want, um, I think he says, 23, that I will not take such a single thread or sandal throng from what belongs to you. Otherwise, you would say that I made Abraham rich, giving the giving the king of Sodom credit, where it's just like where, where God is the one, and he just doesn't want the, the king of Sodom to get credit well, for it. Think about the implications. And, and, and Abram reveals some of those implications. So... Um, if if somebody can hold something over over you, oh, okay, there's a propensity for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Abram's well, like, look, I don't want you holding anything over me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's not the way this is gonna yep. go here. Yep. You know, at least from my perspective, that's one area. Yep. And it is a actually, it's a great application area too, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. I mean. Um, when we are obedient to the Lord and the Lord alone, um, we will not subjugate ourselves to others. We'll subjugate ourselves to the Lord. So if we, if anybody's going to hold something over us, let it be the Lord, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, don't borrow money, for example, because now you're uh, subjugating yourself to a lender who sure. will charge you interest. And if you don't pay, we'll start to... Um, create implications that might not be so favorable, might, might not be so, it might be painful, let's put it that way. <laughs> it could be, yeah. But I like that because, you know, uh, Abram could have taken all of that. Okay. You know, and if he was like his nephew Lot, he would have. <laughs> right. But what did we learn here? His nephew Lot is the one who got sacked, if you <laughs> yeah. will, and yeah. plundered, yeah. right, and kidnapped. Mm -hmm. And imprisoned, and Abram is saying, uh, "No, that didn't happen to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not. The things of the world aren't that important. What's yeah. important to me is the Lord and 
the people the Lord has put in my life. And my nephew is a part of my family, and doggone it, I'm going to get him. <laughs> I like it. Right? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Well, I, 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 think that was a, I think that was good. Um, I, I, thank you, because I, um, I think that we were able to see some things that were important. And as always, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit regarding application. Yeah. Um, it's about obedience. It's about being obedient. And that's the key that will unlock the door to transformation. And as we always say, what good is knowledge, Scott, uh, <laughs> if we don't apply it? So how about you, our listening audience? Have you um, seen something here that you could apply to your life? Right. Um, I want to encourage you to continue to dive into the Scripture and ask God to reveal it to you. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, that's what we've come to learn, that when we go to the Scripture, uh, we read it, uh, we are filled with some knowledge, and from yeah. that, God reveals application yeah, yeah. that make our life go a little bit yeah. better. So, yeah, this is a fun one. Yeah, I thought <laughs> so too. That was, that was great. So. Again, stay with us as we continue this, this journey, reading through the Bible chronologically. Um, I'm just blessed to be part of it. Thank our audience, those who are watching, listening. We're glad that you were able to join us today. Um, continue to just seek out in, that, in the word of what you can apply. Um, that's always my encouragement to, to everybody is, you know, yes, we're reading through the word, but man, if we just don't apply it, what good is that? So continue to seek that out as the Lord uh, speaks to you and continues to teach you. So yeah, what, what are we wanna, talking about next? Well, I'll get to that in a second. I want to thank our listening audience. I also want to thank you, Scott. Yep. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure doing this with you. We look forward to um, um, our next meeting together in Era 2 as we read the story of the Lord's covenant promise to Abram in our ongoing study of the greatest story ever told in the second era of God's chosen family. Thank you, and God bless. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and will join us again for more of the Bible from B.C. to A.D. We are a volunteer-driven ministry and rely on you to help us get the word out to the world. Please like this podcast on Facebook Share it to your page and continue to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. This has been a broadcast of the Breakthrough Media Network.